Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Celtic Down Under podcast. I'm your host Jared and today making his debut on the podcast is John. How are you John? I'm very well, how you doing? Yeah, I'm great. Welcome to the uh, Celtic Down Under podcast team. It's great to have you on board finally and yeah, looking forward to any insight that you uh, can add to our podcast. Yeah, great. Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, I don't know how much insight I can uh, bring, but I'll do my best. <laughs> Anything's better than nothing, I suppose, but Absolutely. Thing is we get to talk Celtic. Yes, that's it. That's all I want. Just Let's just talk absolute rubbish about Celtic. Go for it. Sounds good. All right, so... We've got um, our social media accounts. We've got uh, on Instagram and Twitter, it's at Celtic Down. Give them a like or a follow. On Facebook, we've got a Facebook page and a Facebook group, Celtic Down Under. Look them up, guys. That's uh, where we share most of our podcasts, as well as getting them on the usual uh, podcast apps. So in today's podcast, we're going to just uh, have a bit of a chat. There's not a lot really going on at the moment, nope. since we're all waiting, currently waiting on the Rangers dossier of absolute bollocks to be dropped. <laughs> yes, this uh, mythical dossier, yeah. Yeah, so um, while we're waiting for that, we'll just have a bit of a general chat and uh, go from there. So, John, what's your thoughts on the shutdown been so far? Do you think the games will return or do you think it's going to be called as it is? Uh, nah, I don't think we're playing any games this um, the rest of this year, to be honest. I don't even think the season's going to start up, um, what, like August-ish? What they're talking about, what, July, August, um, you know, playing the remaining games. I don't think it's going to happen. I think, you know, there's more important things going on just now. And I think um, I think the pressure of, of just playing football is, you know, it's, a, it's not even on the list of priorities right now. It's just one of those things which, you know, it gives people a little bit of... Um, you know, it helps with mental health and stuff, and you know, it gets people gets people out of the flat and talking to other Celtic fans and stuff like that. But I don't think it's particularly needed on the priority um, list of stuff. So look, it'll be great if it does start um, again at some point this year. But I just, I just don't see it happening, to be honest. Yeah, for me, I'm looking at it going. I'd rather all games are played, whether it's behind closed doors, of course, or, or with. If, if everything suddenly miraculously gets better and we can play the season out in front of crowds even better. But at the end of the day, as you said, there's more important things going on there. Yep. I'd rather get the nine in a row with 13 points ahead anyway. So we've won, got that one pretty much in the bag as it yeah, is. Yeah, it's so over. It's, it's over. It's over. So like that's our title. There's not going to be any asterisks next to that. But for me, I'm looking at it going, I don't. if they've got to call it as it is, I would rather celebrate at a CSC that we got the nine in a row. But yeah, hundred percent. I think I think you know, it's dead funny that you mention what uh, you know the other side of Glasgow are saying about you know Asterix. How can how can you claim that there's going to be like a little star next to this season after all of that EBT absolute rubbish? And then that's all allowed. That's fine. Those count. But then this one global pandemic that doesn't count you can't have that no 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 it's just rubbish isn't it and they claim the one when only five games were played years and years ago like plus years ago they they count that on their list they count that this is exactly it nine games to go or whatever it is and yeah they're saying no you can't count that one but i don't know because because it, it just it just if if we get nine that's their that's their identity that's their culture imploded isn't it that's them because you know, you know I've 
used to walk around about Ibrox and Govan and, you know, when I had a night out in Glasgow and stuff and they've got the big, you know, nine in a row banner across, you know, Castle Grayskull and stuff. And, you know, you just think if we get that and if we are, we like top it, we up it, that's you. That's everything you are just done. And that's the thing that just brings a big smile to my face. Let's put it that way. Yeah, for me, I look at that and go, I don't even think what the talk is about 10. I think they they want to stop it before yeah. they go under because last, worst case scenario for them is we get the 9, we get the 10. Next thing you know, we push it out. We get to 13 in a row, 12 or 13 in a row, whatever it is, to become, you know, that, to 55 yeah. before, the mythical 55 before they do. Yeah, exactly. That's I mean, that that would be absolutely fantastic if we could ever do that. I mean, it it will be very very tough i you know speaking to family and stuff about this also fans and all that um i do think that this season would have been the best chance for rangers to to actually you know potentially stop us i think it's going to be much much harder i think there's going to be so many of their key players that will leave in the summer uh, that i just don't see them replacing you know like for like talent i think morelos is off i think tav is probably gone um, what's their left back Barisic I think he's probably off um, do you know what I mean so I just don't I don't see them uh, really competing next season at all I think I think we'll probably push on a bit anyway um, but I just I just don't see that I think I think 10's probably just not a given obviously nothing's ever a given but I think we might end up winning by more than we did this season do you know what I mean well you just mentioned a few of their players being off and you've left out the the you know the main card there, the ace up their sleeve. I don't even think Gerard will be back next season. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call him an, an ace, but uh, yeah, I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. From, from, from the guys who take all that all that diluted mole and yeah. talking up, who actually think people like Andy Halliday and you know um, Jordan Jones are actually good footballers. Yeah, I know. Oh, Jesus Christ. For me, it's uh, those guys. No. I don't don't get me wrong, right? I think Gerard has one hundred percent improved them it's, it would be silly for any Celtic fan to say they haven't improved under him but if you just look at the facts you know you lay them all out on the table he's won nothing what so what their biggest trophy is what beating us at the end like in December like do you know what I mean like is that their is that their biggest achievement they beat us at home I just it's I don't know it, it, Gerard is I think he could be a good manager and I think he probably will be away really soon um I just don't I I you know the, the Scottish mainstream media is just biased towards him anyway. They want him to succeed. They want Celtic to fail. So, yeah. With uh, Gerard, the thing for me is he's got the the checkbook mentality uh, mentality as a manager. With um, as you can see, he spent all that time in the EPL. Where oh, we need another player. We'll just go sign someone. He's done that that bad that badly. He's done tried two rebuilding jobs in two seasons. Like. I mean, that's, mad, the, isn't it? that's absolute madness. Have, they don't have the funds for it. Like, you look at a guy like, okay, as much as we, we think he's a monster rat and everything, but when Rogers come in, he basically took Ronnie's team, put Dembele and put um, Sinclair into that mix mm. and improved everyone else. He did. When he left, Lenny's come in, he stamped his, his mark on the team and look at the level Christie's gone to this season. That's and it. Sham, he's got some consistency in his game. Does. So Brilliant player. These guys bring players in and they develop them. And on top of that, Gerard's signing all these old veterans. Yeah, we're the third youngest team in the league. So I we know. have resale value. They don't. So their whole business model, their whole 
culture over there is absolute shambles and I can't wait to either, you know, see them go into administration again or to just see, you know, all the rats jumping overboard because the boat's about to sink. I mean, you say they've got a business model. I don't even think they've got a business model. I think their business model is literally stop Celtic at all costs. That's literally it. They've got no aspirations for future development. They've got, I mean, what? Name name their biggest youth talent in their team. There isn't one. It's just one of those things where they they're so consumed by what we're doing that it just benefits us. We don't need to do anything because they're, they're all their pepped up anger and spite. It will just it will eventually kill them again. You're absolutely right. I reckon they will go through administration. I don't know if they'll go through liquidation, but administration I think is a certainty. Well, they're trying to. Um, it looks like some of the stuff going on in the background off the back of the massive stuff up with the vote from Dundee and all the talk of league reconstruction and all this sort of stuff, they're saying that, you know, they, um, they're they trying to put a proposal in that any team that goes in admin over the next, like, two years because of COVID, they're trying to say, that oh, they shouldn't get the points deduction. <laughs> I'm sure they are. <laughs> I read that today and, and I was pissed myself laughing. I'm like... Yeah, of course they are because they've yeah. got cre- they've got history of not paying people. So um... <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. But anything, do you know what I mean? They'll just do anything they can, and they've got a bit of sways, you know. What we potentially, you know, one of the biggest teams in Scotland. If you want a, a new one, but you know, could be one of the biggest and stuff. So they've got sway, you know. So they, they they might get some people to agree with them, but God, it'd be bloody funny if that happened. <laughs> Just, you know, anything. Like, it's, it's Operation Stop Celtic, and it's from all levels. So, if, you know, Rangers can do what they can do, uh, you know, and the SBFL, they do what they can do. You know, they'll try and stop Celtic winning 10 at all costs. Yeah, well, you touched on it earlier when you said about the uh, the Scottish mainstream media as well. Like, they're pumping out story day after day after day after day with the massive bias towards the Huns and yep. what they're doing and how great they are and all this sort of stuff, and then you've got us just quietly sitting there, twiddling our thumbs, looking like, you know, Scrooge McDuck just diving into our money, just looking at it going, yeah, if we really wanted to, we could destroy you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's there's, unbelievable. There's, two, there's two things there that I think is worth mentioning, right? I think I'm not surprised in the slightest that Scottish mainstream media, and even just British mainstream media, are going to focus on Rangers, I just, it's their establishment club, right? And it's it's it's, it's systemic. So you, you know you've got English football fans like all my mates growing up in England and stuff who will love Rangers and they you know I used to get bants for it all the time about being a Celtic fan. It's just anyone who's you know Union Jack waving, God save the Queen, all of that Britishness and you know quotes and stuff. Um, they they they'll love Rangers. That's because that's you know Rangers will do that. That's, well, not everybody. There's a you know probably a section that don't like all that, but you know the majority of them are like that. So all British media are going to try and pump Rangers up to be amazing to try and get English football fans interested in Scottish football. And let's be honest, that's just never going to happen. It's just not. If you're a fan of English football, which I'm not at all, but if you are, you're you're never going to watch. Scottish football you're just not it's not going to interest you in the same way the Premier League is so I, I, I kind of see it like a bit pointless for 
you know the media to pump rangers up and stuff it just it suits their agenda and and you know you're right as well Celtic don't need to do anything Celtic are in a win-win-win here because they just sit there and say nothing and you know that the statements coming out of Celtic are we want to play the rest of the games and I genuinely believe that's true right that's I want that I think all Celtic fans want that and the Celtic you know business want that as well but you know we we can just we can just keep going and say nothing let rangers embarrass themselves because it is it's they're just embarrassing themselves because they they don't want to give us the league they don't they don't want this you know this notion of giving us the league because we've won it we've won it what are we 13 points ahead yeah yeah 13 points do you know what i mean so it's like we we've already won this so it's you know they they keep embarrassing themselves they keep embarrassing themselves and then it's just going to like be more detrimental to them because if you think about it like what right-minded half decent player from anywhere in the world or Europe or whatever is going to want to come to a club that consistently embarrass themselves because it is it is embarrassing no one's going to want to go to them and it's just great you don't want that toxic stench on your career no and you look at it as you said like they're the establishment's club they get all the people in the media the majority of them are Rangers fans or ex-Rangers players and then the guys who are Alex ones like Chris Commons gets in there, gets surrounded by that, and the only way you can keep your job is to, uh, yeah, you know, be controversial or whatever. Toe the so, line and stuff, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a bit that way with the media, but yeah, the other thing you said as well that just got me thinking was where you're saying they make their statements, like they made their statement, oh, they want to play all the games, they want full stadiums, and it's well, twenty eight thousand people have died in Britain, yeah, and then on top of that. They want to play full games, but then they go and rip their pitch up. Yeah, I'm no, exa- I know. This is it. It's just embarrassing, and it's brilliant because I, I honestly think you've got, you know, Lawwell and the rest of the board sitting there, probably with Lennon and all of that, and they're just sitting. They've, they've literally been like really mature about the situation. They've gone, we don't need to say anything. All we need to say is what is probably their number one preferred option let's play the rest of the games but they know everybody in that room's not an idiot everybody knows that that's not going to happen right so that's all they need to say they don't need to say anything else whatsoever because all they need to do is just be like you guys can all sort it because we're in such a strong position that you're either going to call the season and we're on top so we win or we play the games and we're probably going to win let's be honest we're going to win all the remaining games so it's like just win-win they don't need to do anything they just let everybody else embarrass themselves and it's the whole uh Yep, let them put their foot in their mouth and just embarrass themselves some more and see where they end up. So it's great. Let them, let them shoot themselves. It's so entertaining. The, you know when the when... banter years are back. I know. <laughs> That's exactly it. Well, they never really stopped. But you know, yeah. like not watching football, <laughs> it's still entertaining. Like reading about it and what everyone else is, you know, doing and saying. And I mean, we we sort of uh, touched on it earlier, but like the the Dundee thing was. Um, extremely entertaining let's put it that way i don't know what your thoughts on it were that's a perfect segue because i was the next one i was about to mention there like, <laughs> off, the, off the back of the um yeah the whole stuff up with that like that's been an that's absolute bizarre. shambles this is where do you, you got oh you can vote but you've got 20 you've got two days to vote or you've got 28 days yeah yeah <laughs> okay first of all what is it <gasps> second of all it what was, actually happened third yeah, no i know of it, course of it course was, people are lobbying either side of it as well like absolutely oh, vote with us vote with them even like i was listening to i can't remember who it was if it was 
I was listening to a, um, a BBC podcast yesterday, and they, were, they had a couple of guys from the SPFL and the SFA on. I can't remember which one it was, but he was saying, yeah, there's been lobbying going on and all that sort of stuff as well. So, yeah, but obviously, know. I mean, what, what, who, who's that bloody delusional to think that people aren't going to go and you know express their opinion about the matter? It's not. It's not like lobbying is almost like the wrong word, isn't it? It's like it, there's so many options in front of us, right? Nobody knows. There is no good, you know, choice out of this because the the, the best choice is finishing the league. We can't do that. So what is the next best option? And they're, they're you know, all of them are kind of not great, but you know, so of course there's going to be people that are going to come up to. Dundee and say look this is our opinion and here's why we think it'd be good for you and then there'd be people on the other side of that opinion and saying well so I mean I thought it was really strange I mean I was reading in on um, the BBC a couple of days ago and apparently Dundee never submitted this yes vote or this no vote or whatever it was yeah never submitted the no vote right and then it was always submitting the yes and it was just kind of like a delayed 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 and and then, you know and that kind of just seems a little bit that, I don't know about you, but that seems strange to me that they would ever vote no on something. I, I, I can't really understand why they would not want to call the league because because they're, they're already in the playoffs, right? They're already what they sit in third. Yeah, so it's one of those strange ones because it's not going to affect them because they're sitting in third. If the league's called as it is, they're not getting, they're not a chance to go up. Like, yeah, you've got Dundee United's going up, then you've got. I think it was was it Inverness or something like that in second who are going to have a playoff. So being in third, it's not going to affect them. If anything, what it's going to do is if they vote yes and two teams are relegated, well, or at least one team's relegated, well, it puts them straight away in the top two or three again for next season exactly. to push on to get up. So why would they vote not? Yeah, it, it makes it, absolutely it, no sense. It never made – it was – when it when it like came out that they had potentially voted no and then retracted it and stuff, I was genuinely surprised. It was, I mean, because because the other thing as well is sitting in the position that they're in. If they had voted no, because Dundee's, um, you know, it's a big historical team. Don't get me wrong, but it's not necessarily got like a massive following or fan base or anything like that. And Dundee's not a giant. It's a lovely city, but it's not massive. Um, so I just. I, it would make more sense if they had voted yes, you know, stop the leagues, and then to take the money from it. You know, sitting third, they'd, they'd gotten money, and that would have helped them stay afloat and stuff. So it was it was very, very odd. I didn't understand. And it made more sense when they decided to to end the leagues, um, you know, eventually, whether it was eventually or straight away or whatever it was. Well, I don't think we'll ever know. But yeah. And with the whole lobby lobbying, again, in inverted commas that we were just talking about, like, realistically... Rangers are not gonna are not gonna want to vote for it. It wasn't even for the SPFL. It was for the three lower leagues. So why's heart? Why are Hearts up in a got their knickers in a bunch basically? Because what if it's the same ruling in the SPFL they'll get relegated? Well, maybe you shouldn't have had uh, Levine as your manager and yeah. all these hacks. So you. <laughs> You've gone and you've made that bed. You've got to lay in it. Yeah. You've got Rangers in the SPFL not going to vote with Hearts because they don't want us to be given the title, given when we're 13 points clear. Yeah. I mean, were, were you were you ever surprised? I mean, when all this chat of uh, like voting and stuff to end the leagues, I mean, I could have I could have put my whole life savings on the two teams that would be against it would be Rangers and Hearts. Doesn't suit them. Yeah, and then you've got on top of that, you've got. Partick Thistle like in the next in, in the championship, of course they were going to vote no because yeah. that relegates them. So 
common sense, what team isn't going to vote? If you're a team and you're not in a relegation place and you're not going to win a title, you'd vote yes because that's going to end the season. Player contracts are done. It means you're going to get money and you can pay your players and the club will be able to self-sustain until games start up again. Yeah. If you vote no and you're in that middle tier, you've either got rocks in your head or someone is, you know, just up your up your ass basically, you know, telling you all sorts of stories. That's exactly. I, I, I guarantee you that's what's happening. Somebody's whispering in somebody's ear and, you know, saying, you know, we can get you this and you know all of that stuff. And it's just, it's. It's football, isn't it? And it's Scottish football. It's just, of course, we know it all goes on. Nobody needs to be, um, you know, start chucking out conspiracy theories and stuff. It's just, it's probably how all FAs run in the world. You know, at the end of the day, it's um, it's a club association. So it's up to the clubs to make the decision together. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's it's, it's a bit of, to be honest, it's entertaining for me because <laughs> I know no matter what, Celtic have got the league. That's just happening. This this nonsense of null and void is never, ever, ever going to happen because, I mean, it, it, it's so – the consequences of doing that are so, uh, like, widespread. I mean, so our, to, to null and void the league would mean that all the positions from the year before revert back to the way they were. So, you know, that's Rangers still not in – Champions League playoffs, right? That's still them in Europa League. I mean, what they're in that now, so why would they, you know, and that's what, how are Motherwell supposed to feel by that? You know, I mean, because Motherwell are now in the Europa League playoffs. If we end the league, that's that, that's they weren't, what were they last season? Fifth? Fifth or fourth? Or something like that. Yeah, something. Fifth. Yeah, so like, what are they supposed to, like, miss that and stuff? And then, and then you've got to look at everybody. Yeah, like, what are. Our heart supposed to just not be relegated now because we've, that's a null and void. They were still absolutely shite for a whole season. You know what I mean? It's just I don't think anyone's ever suggested null and void being a viable option. It wasn't no. an option because nah. it's not just on the pitch. It's the the sponsorship side of it. It's the business side of it. If it's null and void, that means all those you know pitch side sponsorship ads that you've run throughout the year. Well, those games were for nothing. So those those people who paid the money for that are going to want a refund because. You know, technically that wasn't a, a viable game. Shirt sponsors, corporate sponsors, everything, contracts, it. everything, every single flow-on effect is going to be for nothing. Massive. So people are going to want their money back. And then, and then, like, if you think about it as well, from like Rangers' perspective, are they now because if they if they wanted null and void, right? Which I know we've probably moved on in that conversation in the media and stuff, but. At one point, that was a proper option that was being pushed. If they were to, no, are they not getting the money from Euro, Europa League? Because <laughs> no, they, they got through to the last 16. What? Well, no, avoid. That doesn't count now. So <laughs> you don't get any money. Do you know what I mean? It's like it was. They probably realised that themselves and went, Nah, let's let's stop talking about that. <laughs> let's let's move on to something else. And we'll... But they've got to try and uh, dictate the, you know, dictate the terms and control the, uh, yeah. the the narrative in the media where it's like. Okay, we'll keep that out there to just keep like the fans thinking, oh, they're being hard, they're being like, strict. This is what we want. This is all we're going to accept. But at the same time, they're um, you know, do it working angles in the background so they can keep the lights on. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Ah, oh, well, what do you what do you think about um this uh, proposed league reconstruction? Then, would you are you are you a fan or are you um like probably not so much or going to sound strange but i'm actually one who's all for it like i don't, don't sound strange to me at all i'm for it as well 
No, because I, I think it's going to be a lot. Like, I think currently we're playing, what is it, 38 games, is it? Yeah, 38, yeah. And I think that's too many, considering the, the Euro qualifiers beforehand. Yeah, true. And I'm thinking if we go to a 14, 14, 16, like they're talking about, then what that means is home and away, everyone twice. There's 28 games. Then if you go a 7-7 seven and seven split and you play everyone else in that top seven, other than yourself, there's six more games. That gets you up to 34 games. Yeah. That's what we need to actually get our players a breather yep. before we get into the early stages of European qualification again. And if you've got clubs like Rangers, who have been there the last two years as well, that's not just going to help us, it's going to help them. Yeah, and that, that, exactly. I mean, I also think as well that um, I don't think, personally, I don't think any team in Scottish football should be punished because of a global pandemic. I don't think... I know like less, I know maybe punish is not the right word because they've done pretty much, what, 90% of a season and they're still in those relegation spots. But it's kind of like extraordinary circumstances. So you need like extraordinary outcomes to, to fix it all and stuff. And I just think like, you know, potentially all these relegation spots um, they could get out of... I just don't think it, it's necessarily fair to, to say, like, you're not getting the opportunity to come out of it. So if we said, right, the leagues are all finishing as they are, all first team, um, first spot teams are, you know, declared champions, and then we're going to say no one gets relegated, we're going to reconstruct the leagues, and that way no one, you know, everyone, I think they're talking about, what, two teams coming up from each one and then getting rid of League Two or whatever it is. And I just think that's better because I also think, like, the standard of, like, maybe top six in the championship are really, really good teams. So it, it, I think I think many of the teams in there, bar the ones that have been in the, you know, premiership, you know, recently, like, you know, you Dundee United, you Dundee, I mean, you're Pike, but they're way down at the bottom. But, you know, everyone everyone like that and, you know, Aloha and stuff all coming up and Air or whatever. You know, I mean, these are good teams that could all play in the leagues above them. So, you know, I, I, think, it, I think it would make sense for everybody, to be honest. I think it's good, plus it freshens things up a bit. Exactly. Because, like, I actually like the split, but I think the issue we have with it at the moment is it kind of, it throws it too far out of balance. Now, I know the TV contracts, would that they've got that thing where apparently, I don't like using this term anymore because they're dead, but the old firm or the Glasgow Derby, which yeah, yeah. apparently is. Yeah, the new firm. Before, yeah, no, nah, the new <laughs> firm was Aberdeen and Dundee United back when Ferguson was. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, um, like, realistically, the Glasgow Derby, they, yeah. TV contracts are supposed to get four of them a year. So even if you still went with a 14 team top division and you had a split of seven and seven well you're still going to get two during the season plus one after the split so what's going to happen is you're going to get an odd number so yeah. like, we may only get one home game one year but then you'll get and one away or you get one home two away and then the next year then you've got to balance it up so it's two and one so you'll get some clubs having a whinge because oh we only get the rangers rangers and celtic coming to our our stadiums and one less time than they were getting after the split was happening at the moment. Yeah, there's always that as well, and that's like but some of their biggest have, revenue. But we have the same issue down here in the in regards to in the A League where teams play each other three. There's what is it, eleven teams or something, and everyone plays each other three times. Mm. So you're playing fifteen home games, but 
you know, it's it's staggered and they balanced up the following year. So clubs will just have to, if they're going to reconstruct it, they'd have to rework their club budgets and do them in a two-year window instead of a 12-month window to be able to budget properly. Yeah, yeah. And, and do you know what? I mean, it, you also need to think about the long-term future of Scottish football. Is it? Does it make more sense to maybe take a small revenue hit now of what's probably around about you know the 15 percent mark um because you'll still get Celtic and Rangers coming to your stadiums and stuff but you know would you take that hit now but then the potential of getting more and more people interested in Scottish football outside of Scotland you know because it's becoming more competitive you know the actual teams in each league are closer to each other so it's more competitive than this spreading them out which is what we're currently doing and and you know you get to the bottom leagues and the standard is pretty much the same anyway it's just more the athleticism you know I mean everyone's more of an athlete and stuff but the difference is in the bottom tier they're not full time that's all it is like yeah. if you go the next tier up or the, or the championship and they're full time squads that's the difference the actual way they play actually isn't that much difference it's just when you get to the last 20 minutes of a game the full time players are fitter and they run out the game better that's exactly that's, it. That's the only difference. When you watch the lower, like the lower tier games and the cups and stuff like that, that's the only real difference I can see. But as you're talking about the overall standard, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something in here because it ties into what you just said. Go on then. Now, you go back to the early 2000s in Germany, the Bundesliga. Dortmund almost went bankrupt. A bunch of other clubs were having financial problems, and they reconstructed their top tier i think it was down to 18 teams or then or even reduced it down to 16 for a couple and then build it back up to the 18 i think it currently is mm-hmm. now what happened when that when that was all done was there was a lot of teams there who were good medium medium to large size clubs who were able to rebuild restructure their finances and grow yeah dortmund not dortmund no Bayern won a few titles, but to me, and then of course they had the World Cup coming in 2006, so that also worked for stadiums, but we won't have it in Scotland. But at the end of the day, it gave them a good hard reset of a four-year window to reset, restructure, rebuild their youth programs, and actually start to bring through the young German players. Now, the Scottish national team, if you did the same thing, and restructured and went to 14, 14, 16, or even three tiers of 14 if there's only 42 clubs, and you went like that, it's going to create more games, Yep. more more teams playing in the higher level, which is more opportunity for young players to be exposed to a higher full-time level of football. In turn, it's going to create more chances. People aren't, who have been locked up in their house for, what is it, seven, eight weeks, whatever it is in the UK at the moment, I know if that was me... I'm I'm down here in Melbourne, Australia. I don't even like the AFL football, but <laughs> I said to my missus, you could have Fremantle versus Melbourne playing at the MCG where you'd normally get 12,000 people in a 100,000 stadium, and I'm going to buy a ticket to that because I just want to get out of the house. 100%. And watch any sport. Yeah, 100%. You have the same happen. So if you reconstruct it, and off the back of this, you do a big media thing, come to our games, reduce the ticket prices, 20 is plenty, whatever it is, and just build it, it will grow. And you'll get the players will improve. You'll get more fans. And That's then what in you turn, want. The clubs get more money, so their finances become more secure. Next thing you know, the league is growing and growing and growing. And 20 years down the, the track, the Bundesliga is how strong a league is that now? Oh well, you know, 
way up there, top three. I'm not saying Scotland is going to be at that level. But no, what I'm never, saying is we should be above the Greek leagues, the Croatian leagues, the Slovenian leagues in the coefficient. I think we went up though. Did we not? Are we not? Are we not? We went up, uh, two, up two spots. Yeah, we're not thirteenth now. Yeah, we've got to go up one more spot, and then there'll be two Champions League spots. Yeah, I mean that'll be absolutely class. But that's in that's next year though, isn't it? That's the twenty one. 22 revamp yeah yeah i mean that'd be absolutely fantastic for scottish football and i i always i mean i've been to a few um like other you know i've just worked in dundee for a little while and stuff and i went to um dundee united match and stuff and i went to watch livy because i've got a family over there that live in livingston and stuff and i mean these are good stadiums they're not they're not like naff in the slightest they're pretty they're pretty good and and they're all associated with a large town or a city where if you did make it a big thing and it did you know draw other not just like die hard dundee or levy fans but you know you put them i think it was motherwell that did this really clever thing where they said you know all your kids get in free or if you're under 16 you get in free or something like that or it's family tickets or something like that that just brings in more people that means on you know when you've got nothing to do on a saturday and it's you know just instead of leaving the wife and kids at home you bring them you bring them to the games and you have like a day out and stuff and that's really what it needs to be and that's really why the 20 plenty is a really good thing because it means that you get more people in because it's still an expensive day out going to a, like a life football match you're talking let's just say argument's sake it's 20 quid for the ticket you're looking at family of four that's probably 30 quid for your your pie and your bother or whatever you want and stuff and public transport or you're driving there that's probably another 10 quid you know you're looking at almost 100 quid for a night for a day out and that's that could be a lot and that's just at the 20s plenty so you're you talking about that to go into the cinemas you're probably looking at what about 50 Ex- no exactly that's exactly it and then if you're a celtic or rangers fan and you're looking at a home ticket and that's close to 30 quid now it's becoming oh, i can't afford to take the family i'll just go myself and we'll do something tomorrow or we'll do something after and i think that's i think that's a shame and you want that next generation of fans coming through and that's where motherwell's doing really well also, Hamilton's doing well on that, and I think, um, who was the other one? I think Aberdeen are doing well with that, and Hibs. Those four clubs are really, like Hibs this year, this season, I looked at it a while back, but they had a um, a ticket thing, as you were saying, where if you're under the age of 16 or whatever, it was, I'm trying to remember what it was, but it worked out as like, it was like, if you're under the age of 10, it was $5 a ticket. If you're over the age of 10, under the age of 16, it was $10 a ticket or $10 a ticket. So you could get a season ticket for maybe 180, 200 quid. I mean, that's class. I mean, you know, like there's concession tickets at all the, the clubs and stuff. And I think I think as well, a lot of the lower leagues, a lot the, like the local ones, the local, the, you know, the small semi-professional teams and stuff. They, they they need more young people as well, following them and stuff. And they, I mean, they, you know, they might be charging six pounds to ten pounds a a home match and stuff. And they're probably under the age of sixteen as well. And it it just helps because you know gets people gets these kids something to do at the weekend. You know, gets them away from doing stupid stuff. And you're getting more people that are in, participating in your community. I just think it's what something that needs you know top down all the way. Someone needs to like just propose something and readdress ticket prices and and just make get more people interested in Scottish football off the back of it as well if you're getting the young kids in watching games with their families and then if everyone's put in the effort to build their like with the whole reconstruction and have that four-year window of rebuilding their club well 
if you relaunch your academy, you're going to have these kids going to games, wanting to watch them, watch the team, become big fans, then, oh, I love playing football. I can yeah. sign with them. And then what's going to happen if you get one of you? If you're like a, a 14, 15-year-old kid and you've got the option between going out smashing bottles and just being a general menace or your mate's playing, playing football and you want to go watch him play, well, what would you do? Exactly. You go support your mate because you want to be part of a group. That's exactly it. Of course, of course you do. And it, it, you know, the, any live sport's great to watch anyway as well. But if your mate's playing, then you, you more. I mean, my brother's a semi-professional football player. He plays for a team called Broxburn. I don't know if you, they're they're a big, like historic side in that sense. But they've probably got about, I don't know, two hundred people maybe watching the home game, maybe more. Um, and I've I've gone and watched him a lot. And I've put a lot of money into Broxburn. Who in the um they got round they got through to the fourth round of the Scottish Cup. So I went they were playing um St Mirren at Love Street. That was a bloody great game. There about sixteen sixteen hundred people from Broxburn. That was like literally the population of of Broxburn went and watched. Do you know what I mean? That's proper community football. That's what you want throughout the country. Uh, that's the way forward, but certainly is. some people look at it and go, that's a step back to the past, but sometimes you've got to go backwards to go forwards. And yeah. That's the way I look at it. Like but, Scotland's always had strong teams. It's been a 20 strong talent pool. It's just been the last 20 years. It's been pretty average. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, even at the national level, Christ. Yeah. It's been, if that's talking about embarrassment earlier, that's bloody embarrassing watching Scotland, <laughs> the national team. Christ almighty. I, I, I don't know why I punched myself there. I know a lot of like Scottish shorty fans that just don't want to watch the national team, but you, you've got to support, you, you, you know, it's your national team. You're supposed to support them. Yeah, well, I'm in a weird spot at the moment with the Australian national team. I imagine it's similar. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't like Graham Arnold, the current manager. He's, uh, he used to play for Northern Spirit, who were owned by Rangers in the EBT era. So oh, I just yeah. can't yeah, bring myself can't, yeah. to can't bring myself to like any team that's got that bloke in charge. And um, Don't blame you. So then I was like, oh, I'll go for Scotland. And then you know, Alex McLeish was in charge, whatever it was. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh no, okay. Great. What's my okay? So my wife's family's Serbian. Cool, I'm going for the Serbs for the time being. <laughs> that's it. That's exactly it. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. a bit of a bit of a passport jump in there just to support an international team I don't really care at the end of the day it's all about the green and white hoops exactly that's the most important thing everything else is just a distraction so speaking of green and white hoops um, saw online that the uh, Celtic SLO earlier this week said that the on a tweet that the Adidas launch is scheduled for July this year oh class can't wait take my money I mean been saving up every spare cent it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be epic if some of these tops we're seeing online are uh, gonna come to fruition some of them look brilliant i know like um i know most of them are probably rubbish just like you know enthusiasts making something up and stuff but if they're even similar to some of the stuff that i've seen oh god it'd be good i did that's just a great brand you know what i mean that's that's elite that's up there. Look at who Rangers have just got as their sponsorship. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're like top of that pyramid, and they're like right down at the bottom. They're getting a mob whose first jump, first foray into football is them. Them. Yep. Yeah, good start. <laughs> I can't. And I honestly can't even tell you what they're called. Story. Castore Sports story, or whatever actually. it is. Who do tennis and golf stuff? And. The funny thing is they're talking about, oh, we're no longer involved with Mike Ashley. We've got no more sports direct. We'll have our own superstore. But then 
you go online and you do a Google search, what what companies does Mike actually own? And in the middle of that list pops up shares as of a couple of months ago in Castoria Sport. <laughs> That's class. <laughs> They're talking about banties. They think they've got away from him. And... I did not know that. That's very, very entertaining. Because <laughs> it was... It was uh, oh, there's a lot, loads of uh, Scottish banner Facebook pages I'm members of and stuff and they're all all over them was you know the ties between sports direct and ranges of ending stuff but you know it's always a little way Ashley snakes in that's good I saw I saw that on mine I'm like no that can't be right so I went on the Google search myself sure enough yep there it was <laughs> good I'm glad that's exactly what they deserve nothing all right, so what we'll do is the topic you mentioned when we are earlier in the week about want to discuss some player signing ru- yes, rumours. why not? There's nothing else the media's yeah. talking about, so they're just making so the only, stuff. So I've seen two, as of like in the last week or so, where we had that Josh Maja, who anyone who watched Sunderland Until I Die, season two, he was banging him in, in there, and then he left to go to Bordeaux. Yeah, that's um, right. He looks decent. Yeah, so, I mean... To, they were linked with him previously, so... I don't know. Interesting signing. It, I mean, if it happens, I reckon it will be... I mean, I know he's doing, well, he's doing well at Bordeaux, isn't he? He's not doing... He's not, like, stagnated or anything. I think he's... Like, six goals or something in 20 games. So, yeah, yeah. But of those 20, he's come off the bench in 12 of them. So, that's actually not a decent... So, decent... Yeah, you know. And Bordeaux's a good standard of club as well. It's not... I mean, it's not terrible by any means. Um, so, I mean, if that happens, that'd be great. I think... I mean, he's somebody that I would say, and there's been a few others as well. Um, I would say that they're probably more like up and coming projects rather than like in straightaway replacing, I don't know, potentially Edward when he goes and stuff. Well, the one that interests me is young, what is Aaron Hickey, I think it is, at Hearts. Yeah. Former youth player at Celtic who went over there and, let's say, left back. And yeah. with Bolly basically being in Lennon's doghouse and probably on the way out. I'd, I'd take him for that role. I mean, I I like I like Hickey a lot. I think he's a really good player. I think he I think he does well at Hearts. Um, he's has similar attributes, I would say, to Frimpong. Maybe obviously, maybe Frimpong's a little bit uh, more advanced in his development than Hickey and stuff. But I think that's probably just a case of the resources that Hearts have compared to maybe you know Celtic and stuff. But I, I wouldn't absolutely hate Hickey coming in. I don't think apparently he's um, Hearts have put a 1.5 million pound price on him and I just don't think they're ever going to pay that I don't think the so funny thing funny thing is 1.5 million pound is the price but you've got to realise because he's 17 18 or whatever it is a fair chunk of that goes to his previous clubs because Ajax did the same thing signing a guy a few years back he was valued at 2 million pound they bought him and of that 2 million pound the club they bought a player from they had to give 1.1 million back to Ajax for his youth development so it'd be the same for Hickey. We'd basically be paying Hearts to pay us for it. Yeah, great. Get the player. So if that's the case, if it's one and a half million, we'd probably only be out of pocket a million pound for him. Yeah. If, yeah. If you sell, if you sell Bolly, you'd be like, okay, Bolly goes. You get maybe two and a half, three million for him. You sign Hickey to be your backup left back. You keep Taylor, and then he can come along and develop at that pace. Like I wouldn't be signing him to go straight in there because I don't think that's. I think Taylor's done well enough at left back, but yeah. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it, it'd be good. We've also been linked with a guy um, at League of Warsaw, another young boy. I don't know if you've seen this. Oh, yeah, um, saw that one, yeah. I'm going to re- try really hard to say his name. You ready, right? Okay, I'm leaving it for you for that reason. Carbonic? Carl Carbonic? There you go. That would be the that'd be the closest, right? Now, he's... I think he's something similar age. I think he's like 19, 20. Um, came through League of Warsaw's youth. Started at League of Warsaw. Done really well, like in their first eleven and stuff. Um, I, the, the you know the article I read never put a price on him, but I think that's. I mean that's. A, you've got to balance the difference between you know these probably up and coming talents across Europe that we could probably get a steal that we don't really know. Um, how they're going to do in Scottish football or maybe buying someone in the Scottish league at a slightly more inflated price but we know that they do well in the Scottish football we have to have that balance between I, don't, I really don't find I don't have a problem at all buying Scottish talent in fact I think it should be encouraged but I'm not going to I don't think so it should be buying Scottish talent just like at such a massive price just because other teams don't want Celtic to buy them it's got to be the right deal so I mean with yeah, Scott couple, McKenna yeah, there you go. Christ, what an average player. What an absolute... Seven million average. pound they awarded for him. Like, come on, mate. Seven P, maybe. Jesus Christ. I'll, I'll give them the fluff in my pocket and whatever yeah. coins are in my ashtray in my car for yeah. him. And, to go away. And, 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 and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's to pay for his Uber to go back to Aberdeen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I just think he's, he's way too underdeveloped is way too old school I think Celtic are far beyond the type of like just big strong men at the back we we've got two potentially three very good centre halves who are strong and can take the ball forward and that's the type of player Celtic should be should be developing and and buying stuff not just some big heavy nut in the middle of defence doing nothing but going through players we don't want that if we're going to buy, sign those sort of players, for me, I've said it on a few other podcasts, but I'd want us to get into the Balkans area and just go sign some hard bastards from yeah. down there. Like, whether it's defensive midfielders or centre-backs or whatever, they're the sort that if they've got to take someone's leg, they will, but they also want to play football. Yeah, exactly. That, I mean, what's the point? I just don't see the point in doing that. I'm, at seven million, you're just talking dreamland. That's just absolute nonsense. Seven million, you've got the choice. McKenna? Or Julian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Enough said. I tell you, someone else as well. Now, this is this is. I found this interesting, right? Ren player quoted at seven million. Brandon Soppy. What yeah. do you reckon? Now, I I so right. I, I think that might happen. If I'm honest, I think we've got um, obviously buying French French players is working for Celtic right now. Um, I, I think what might end up happening is I personally think Ayer's away, right? I think he's away in the summer. Yep. So what we might do is we might end up putting El Hamid in there because I don't think Simonovic is good enough to be playing regularly, right? I think he's good, very hot and cold though. So I think El Hamid, you know, at that right-sided centre-half next to Julian and then Frimpong with this soppy guy, that could work really well. Do you know what I mean? That would, you'd have, you know, Frimpong coming up and developing... You, you, Soppy is your first, um, you know, right back choice, and then El Hamid can slot into that centre half role, and I think that would, I think that could work personally. It's like you're inside my brain reading my thoughts. Right <laughs> Good, because <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not a massive fan of Jozo. Um, I've said in previous bonds, if he left, I wouldn't 
cry at all. I'd be like, okay, cool, see you later, mate, whatever. But yeah, like Soppy, I think I don't think it'd be seven million up front. I think it'd probably be maybe like five million pound up front and then add-ons for the other two million. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the way Law would, uh, you know, work out a deal because that's what he always does. Um, but yeah, if he's you're hearing all the right rumours about him, he'd fit in with the culture and everything, which is good. Um, and as you said, yeah, I've said it as well. Al Hamed, like, what is he, 28, 29, something like that. Yeah, so prime age. He'll, he'll, he'll him to go in a centre-back, perfect timing, especially when you've got Frimpong there. You've got other guys coming through. Like, maybe we'll see Goodman hanging around the club as a backup at right-back. Oh, since, um, I don't see that ever happening. I'm just rattling off people. Yeah. Got here so they don't have to spend money. Yeah. They can... They'll get a couple of quality signings and then they'll just pat it out with those sort of guys. But whether you get a Gutman or a Perez, finally getting their work permit and in the in the mix, who knows? But yeah, I think Al Hamed into the centre half would work well. I mean, he, he, did he not play? That's where he was. Um, he played mostly, right? When he was playing in Israel, that's where he played most of his career as well. Because I think I, I know he went to a couple of European teams as well and then went back to Israel. So I think he's one of those where um, we could use him as. I mean, I don't really like the, the term, but like that versatile defender where we, we can play him at right back if we need to, but he can play in centre half as well. And I, because I, th- I actually think he's a class signing. I, I think El Hamid. It's a shame that he um, was injured for so long because he's. I think he's absolutely brilliant. So he could do him and him and Bitton together. Like Bitton is now a centre back. He's not a defensive midfielder anymore. I agree. And the two of them, they both got that versatility where if you have them on the bench, they can cover a couple of positions. So yep. they are they're definitely Lenny type players. Hundred percent. And that's what and you know and a team like Celtic with the budget that they have and the constraints and all of that stuff as well. You need you do need professionals that can be a little bit versatile. So you've got their preferred position and you've got one where they can play well and stuff. Bitton's done fantastic. I think Bitton's a great servant for the club. I mean, he's he's never moaned. He's never complained. You've never heard a rumour in the media about him like kicking up a fuss and saying he wants to move and stuff. He's just dead happy doing whatever he can for Serik. And that's the type of players you want in the locker rooms. That's the type of player you want in the background and stuff. Brilliant. Love him. I was worried when Lustig left because I was like, we're going to lose a uh, another locker room leader. But I actually reckon as Bitton would have stepped up into that role, yep. he's been there long enough, and you know he's not the sort to complain. Hundred percent. So always good to see. And then you got, I'll bring him up because you know we're in Australia here. But Tom Rogic, like you've got him, all the sort of crap that I've brought up in previous podcasts about people in the media trying to link him, tell him to go to the Premier League. Well. He's come out saying that he loves his time at Celtic. He wouldn't change anything about it. And he doesn't even feel like he wants to move. He's happy and content there. So, if Good. that's the case, like, stay here, stay with us, Tam. Yeah. You're not. You're only what two, three years off your uh, your testimonial. Ten years now. I think he's been there almost seven years. Oh so. wow. Yeah, that'd be class. I mean, I I I, re- I really like Tam. One of the best goals I've ever watched live in my life was the Scottish Cup final, Invincible treble. Just that lot. I was, I was. My uncle managed to get us um, like what those like not box seats, but you know like the business ones, you know like the padded ones and stuff. He got them for his work and stuff. What a day! I was. There was one of the absolute greatest goals I've ever seen in my entire life. I was in elation. That's all I can. That's the only way I can describe it. I was jumping, my brother jumping up and down. It was just. He's he's a great player. I think he's another one of those ones that's a bit hot and cold. I don't necessarily want to say that he's past it because I definitely don't think he is. But he's one of those ones that at the moment we have 
it's very crowded in midfield right now with the talent that we have and he kind of needs like five six games to get back onto his peak just don't think we can give him that so i think he's a good player to keep around i don't want to get rid of him ever um but i don't know i I think he's i think you might we might see his um you know starting time getting reduced he's not really a lennon type player at the end of the day that's the way i look at it like lenny when he was previously managing and when he was a player it was all go 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 and he wants people with about 14 lungs in their chest so they can just run all day Rogic isn't that sort he's the sort where if you've got possession you're going to slow it down and get into pockets get in between the lines that's where he does his best but if he's got to be pressing 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 he's not that sort of player no he's not and that that was why when Lenny signed him originally he was there for six months then went on loan back to the A-League and then he went back and he only started establishing himself once Ronnie took over and then went to another level when we had the rat Rogers there. So. Yeah, I know. I mean, but he does. I mean, Rogers, uh, Rogic's a different type of player, isn't he? He's, he's one of those ones that um, he's, he's not one. If you know, he, he just stays in control of an area. So he, he actually thinks differently than what maybe is viewed as entertaining football. He wants to stay in a, you know, give himself like a couple square metres, and this is my spot. I'm not going to move from here. He actually does something fairly similar to Edward, which is why I don't think necessarily they work together on the pitch, where they sort of both, they don't want to bust the gut and run up and down and, you know, consistently put people under pressure and stuff. When, you know, when they need to, they do, but they sort of just maintain control of an area. And that can that's a very good talent to do and stuff. But you're, I think you're right. He's not a Lennon-type player. So <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a he's the sort... Rogic, in that, yeah, the old saying, the more talented the player, the lazier they look because they look like they're just that talented, they're moving in slow motion. Yep. Eric Cantona, Paul Scholes, Tom Rogic, there's a few off the top of my head straight away that were that sort of player. They never, they looked like they had one speed, one pace, but they always had all the time in the world on the ball. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, different levels, but... (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I know, different levels, of course, but I'm just saying, like, (laughs) those are the same sort of players where... And I'd say Edward as well. Yeah, I think he'd be the same. Doesn't look look fast at all. So one of the other other rumours that has been, you know, floated around, it's been around for a while now, right? Jordan Ibe, Bournemouth, what do we reckon... Have you seen this? I've seen it. I I would sign him. I think it would actually work. However, that would mean that Alanusi is not coming back. I don't think he is, honestly. Which I don't think he is anyway. I think we'll put all our funds into keeping Forster full-time out of the two of them. I, oh, my God, I pray that that happens. So you keep him, and then you get Ibe on a, on a free. He'd have to take a pay cut, but he's already apparently said that he would do that. Oh, really? and great. It's a good um, opportunity. If you brought him in at, say... 25,000, 30,000 pound a week and put him on that left wing. And then you had him and Mikey to play that role. That means Forrest is straight back over on the right wing. And then we're laughing. That'd be ideal. That'd be absolutely ideal. Even if we get him on a loan and he still plays in that. Because then you also have the versatility that he can play as a centre forward. Do you know what I mean? If he can do... Who's that? Sorry? If if we can get Ibe to play on the left wing... You wouldn't get him on loan because he's a free agent end of the season. Yeah, but you know, there's always that risk that Bournemouth are just going to chuck out another year, and you, you know, just, yeah. you, you know, it might happen. I doubt it, yeah. but it might happen, especially now with everything going on. That like teams like Bournemouth might want to, you know, not necessarily get rid of, you know, dead weight and stuff, but um, cut costs. And cut costs. Yeah, that's probably the better way to say it. Because I, I think he's a 
absolutely brilliant player. I think he's had a bit of a tough time in the Premier League, but having a tough time in the Premier League is not like a bad thing. Do you know what I mean? It's potentially the best league in the world, right? Or at least it's the most spectated. So I have saying that like, you know, oh, he's not done particularly well in that league. It's like, okay, doesn't mean he's a shit player. Do you know what I mean? All I have to say is, again, different levels, but Mo Salah and Kevin De Bruyne struggled massively at Chelsea. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Left the league, went away for a few years, built themselves up, and now look at them. Exactly. They're probably two of the five best players in the league. Yep. So Just takes that one move. Different levels. He needs to get a run of games and just rebuild his confidence, and I think it would be a good move for him and a good move for us. And down two, three years' time down the track... We'll get a nice hefty chunk of cash for him too. Yeah, no, exactly. Especially if we get him on a free, that'd be absolutely class. I'd love that. I think he'd be a good player to get. Yeah. So there's been there's been a couple of others. Um, the Wolfsburg centre forward striker, um, Weisman. We've got Ivan Tony from Petersburg striker. We've got the Gerano Kirk from Utrecht right winger, um, and then this uh, young lad, which I think is the most exciting out of all of these. Um, Rickelme, Rickelmel, have you saw it? Uh, Rickelme, yeah. Rickelme, thank From you. Rodrigo Rickelme, Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's out of everybody I've been sort of seeing. I mean, like, there's been heaps online and stuff, and I've just sort of picked the ones that I think are the most talked about or the most likely and stuff. And I think that's one that you know, that's a good standard of player. Atletico Madrid coming up, clearly doing well, wants a move, Celica interested perfect type of player to come in plays an understudy to Edward Edward probably well most definitely away next year after the 10 and that's someone to come through that's sort well, the, the funny thing is as well is Raquel May's always had I think number 22 I've seen him wearing that number a lot is that right there you go <laughs> and, and Eddie's and this is me going tin hat theory right here Edward Edward Adidas the rumours are he's going to get the number seven shirt next season. Oh, yeah. Give, give yeah. Eddie the 10. That opens up the 22 for Raquel May, and off we go. But what's going to happen when we sign Paddy Roberts again? <laughs> <laughs> I was fishing. I knew that would come. It was going to come. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, let's give him back his 27 or yeah. whatever where he actually played well. <laughs> I don't know. That's never happening. Not in a million years. I, oh, I, mean, I don't know. It'd be good. If, I, I don't know. It, it might happen. Don't get me wrong. I severely doubt it. I think talking about levels, that that probably is his level. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, it, I think I think Paddy Roberts is a very good player, no doubt about it. I think he's I think his times happened at Celtic. He's done done very well. Why? I mean, I do think Forrest needs somebody else to push him, and that worked very well um, there. But I mean, Forrest is also in like his prime years. Like it, that. Why? Why would you spend? What I don't know, three million, four million on Paddy Roberts to sit in a bench. What does he the point? Yeah. Does it? Well, it's one of them things with Forrest is okay if we bring uh, Paddy in and we don't sign Ibe, does that mean that we're going to play Forrest permanently on the left now? Oh, yeah. Because that could work, but I'd rather if we sign Ibe, then we bring Raquel May in. We don't need Roberts because Raquel May can play anywhere, right, center, left, up front. Exactly. So. He can be that guy backing up. If Forrest needs a breather, chuck him on the right. If Eddie needs a breather, chuck him up the front. So, I I, yeah, I, I I hate. I know why Lennon does it. 
right? He wants as many technical players on the pitch as possible. But I hate seeing Forrest on the left. I just hate it. I, and and putting and you know shoehorning Christie up there and stuff. I just don't think it works. I think I think it works in Scottish football because the teams that we do it against are utter utter dug me. Do you know what I mean? But I just don't think it's something that we should be doing going forward. Agreed. Couldn't agree with you any more on that than I am because yeah, like I hate seeing him go to the left. Like he does his best work either on the right or I actually thought he'd eventually turn into like a Griffiths type striker playing through the middle, but more running. Yeah, I don't like that either. I think he's, I don't, I don't think he's good at the that. The more I see, the more I see it, the more I'm like he doesn't have the final product. So keep him out in that right. Do you remember Burke in the middle? What the hell? Oh God! Please don't don't do that. <laughs> I think you've just unblocked the whole, like... <laughs> Part of your memory. I, I need my straight jacket. Please. Yeah. <laughs> so who do you reckon is away, then, in the in the summer? So obviously you said Bolly's probably away, and I've said Aya's probably away. Do you think anyone else is going to be, you know, sold? Uh, I think we'll probably lo- lose one in the middle. Yeah? Do you reckon... Because we're, t- we're a bit overloaded in there, so if we sign Sorrow already in the middle... Yeah. Um, I'm looking at it going. I think Abui will probably be off permanently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think to be honest, the Cham's probably away. And Cham, yeah, they were the other two. I think it's going to be like I've joked all all season of Rogic is the fifth best midfielder that we've got because straight away you've got Bruni, Kalmak, Christie, and Cham, Rogic. That'd be your five guys for three positions. Yeah. So either Cham or Rogic would be off. I. Out Rogic's away. I think I don't think Rogic will go, which means Cham would be that guy who's going to get us that fifteen million plus sale. Yeah, I mean he's, we need to... he's already had that little um, that moment where he was trying to push for a move and stuff, or yeah. lost in translation, whatever you want to call it. But that's what he that's what it was pushed as. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I mean, you've also got to think about like Hayes' contract expires end of this month. That's that's all right. Damien Duff's away as a coach soon, so you know. Yeah. And, uh, we can sign Hayes as an assistant coach or whatever. He can go and pl- go and coach um, the under 18s Darren O'Day can step up into Damien Duff's coaching role and absolutely. We we keep a guy who's a good clubman in the in the building who can be around the mix. But I don't think Hayes is going to be around much longer as a player. But if he if he went to the MLS or if he went over here to the A League, he could probably get another year or two out of him yeah. himself. But I don't think he. I don't think he wants to. He'd want to move his family. Mm. I think he'd be. He's pretty happy there, and he's just got all his coaching badges. So yeah, I think you're right. Son. Yeah, going going to coaching. I think you're absolutely right. So I mean, like that's what. So let let's just say speculate. The Cham Ayer, we both think Bolly's off. Probably um, Bio. El Yunus. Oh, Gordon's gone. Don't forget that. Oh, as well. Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, he's definitely away, isn't he? So we got. Yeah. We, we haven't been linked. I haven't seen a single keeper we've been linked with. So we've got El Yunusi That's most likely off Bauer yeah. we want him away Arzani what do we reckon do you reckon no, I... you don't want to get you don't want to get me started there I think we'll he, I think they'll extend his loan for another 12 months yeah that's what I think will happen but is there any point if he ain't going to play depends what we do because he's a left winger I, I rate him but we've got two young left wingers one's our own player one's a loan player are you going to play Mikey or are you going to play the guy on loan yeah who you're not going to have in 12 months' time. You'd play Mikey. So if he left, I wouldn't be upset with him. But at the same time, 
you know. I just feel bad for the for the boy. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I obviously haven't watched him. I only ever watched him for that what he played like twenty minutes against like Killy or somebody. Yeah. yeah. And then he did his um, ligament or whatever. He broke his knee, and I mean, and and when he was playing, he looked he looked decent. Don't get me wrong, he did look decent. But I mean, what's is that? Th- Three seasons. If he if he does extend for another season, that'd have been three seasons he'd have been with us, and he's played twenty minutes. I kind of feel like Serik will cut their losses. It's a shame because he's. I think he's going to be a good player. The last game I saw him play live, I booed him off the pitch. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> he was playing for Melbourne City, he dove. He got booked for diving. He cramped up and couldn't get off the pitch, and I had to carry him off. The <laughs> right. Okay. Well, so that was when he was over here. <laughs> so it's um it's one of those things <clears throat> where I look at him and go, he's a quality player. He's got a bright future. I just think the timing of the loan to us it hasn't worked because no. if he didn't do his knee, he would have kept going and going and he would have been a great signing for us. But people have pretty much put an, a line through his name now because, oh, sorry, guys, he's just uh, he's injured. He's too injury prone. And then we've got Mikey's and stepped up his game. So you've got the two young guys, as I said. So Yep, that's yeah. it. And I do, like I say, I feel sorry for him because I think he's going to be a very, very good player. Um, he'll probably go on a similar career path as Paddy Roberts. He'll probably keep getting loaned out and loaned out and loaned out because um, he's not going to break into cities. You know what I mean? Just, that's never going to happen. But yeah, yeah do you know, it happens. It, it, sometimes it and works. then I reckon up front will up front will lose. Bale will probably leave. I reckon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, that's somebody else that I was. I also feel the same. Bio and Kamala for me are kind of like, why have we done that? Like, we obviously need to buy centre forwards and strikers and stuff, right? But both of them seem very similar strikers. Both of them really unproven as of yet. They both play in, or played in leagues that were much, much lower down than Scottish football, and they've done well in them. Don't get me wrong, they've done well in though. But then to step up to Celtic. All that pressure, all that mentality of always needing to win, having to score goals. Yeah, I just don't think I don't think either of them have that that ability in their head. Do you know what I mean? I think Bayer's problem was he came in at a time where the guy who identified him and then signed him left with Rogers, which was Colo Torre. Yeah. So that wrecked his betting in process. And then off the back of that, you take... Um, so that puts him in, and then you've got Eddie just banging in goals for fun in front of him, and only playing one striker, so that made it tough for him. And I think he got injured, and, and then Griff came back, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. And then with Clamella, I rate that signing. That's more a Lenny sort of signing. Yeah. Because, but with Griff coming back and then hitting form the way he did, you couldn't put Clamella in. So it's pretty much like two similar type players for one spot alongside Eddie. So I think he's still one for the future. I still think he'll be a good signing for us, but I still think if we're going to spend £2 million on a Stefan Skepkovic, £2 million... That's what I'm thinking on, of, Chifty. Yeah, Do you remember him? Two, yeah, £2 million or whatever it was on Chifty, £2 million on Bayo, £3.5 million on Klamala. Well, there's... I'd rather spend six, six to eight million, or even nine million, like we did on Edward, and look what we get. That's exactly it. That's kind of my point. Why? Well, I just, I just don't get it. I just, it was just very confusing signings. I kind of feel like it was one of those where Eddie was playing that much, and Griff still wasn't coming back, or like was coming to the point where he was starting to get fitness and stuff, and and we just needed that cover just in case Eddie took a knock or just needed a rest, or whatever. And but I mean, you know. Even if we just car losses, it's you know it's two million. So we have a, a track record of just signing 
strikers for fun and then they're not doing very well and going away. I mean, <laughs> one of the best ones, I think, for uh, buying somebody not doing very well and then going on to do absolutely amazing is Pookie, though, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I was, he was one that I was... He's done so liked. well. I actually liked him when we signed him. Got him from Schalke. He was a quality player. He'd always banged in goals and then it just never happened for him. No, it club. didn't. No, I didn't. I actually watched, I don't know if you saw it, but um, Celtic Facebook group put up a, um, a captain's Zoom thing with, uh, yeah, Hanley at Norwich and then... Um, and Bruni. Bruni, yeah. And they were talking about Pookie and stuff, and apparently he was a dead, quiet, shy guy and didn't really say much. And, you know, but then he's apparently he wore absolutely, like, god-awful tracks, like track suits and shoes and stuff. And But then, yeah, you know, he's apparently he's the same at Norwich, and, and but he's absolutely banging it in. He's a, I think he's a, turned into a great player. He'll go on to do great things. Yeah, I think we uh, missed the boat there. Yeah, but... We definitely did. Oh, well. Un- unfortunate Happens. but that's football not every player settles at every club and yep you know it'll continue long after we're gone too yes. as long as football's around it will continue to happen oh god I can't wait for it to come back Jesus <laughs> <laughs> same here mate same here <laughs> alright all so what we'll do is we'll just wrap it up then we'll, uh, thanks John but hope you enjoyed your first podcast as part of the Celtic Down Under team it's been great having a chat with you and uh, yeah we'll have another podcast hopefully next week or the week after, depending upon when there's actually some news. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, thanks very much for having me. It was um, great fun, and thanks for putting up with my rambling. <laughs> All good, mate. It's just like two blokes being at a pub, That's it. having a drink, get having a bit of a chit-chat. I love exactly. it. Good fun.